Welcome to Conversations with Coley, where we have conversations about subjects we think about but often don't speak about. My name is Nicole Miller, and I'm the author of this book series, A Through Z, Guide to Raising a Good Human, a series I wrote to help in the communication process. Today's guest is Carolyn Nadine Helsing. Carolyn is the author of the book, Unapologetic Tales of the Original Party Crasher. I personally love this book. I couldn't put it down. This was a beautiful way to pay tribute to her mother after her passing. (laughs) Yes, I really, truly do love this book. I saw the cover. Something drew me. I ordered it. And I couldn't put it down. I couldn't. I took it in the parent pickup and I read it cover to cover. And then I was sad that it was over. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, you know, I've heard that comment before. And it's like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So I'm going to start us off with like an icebreaker question to kind of loosen things up. Okay. Sure. All right. If you could be given any talent that you don't possess, what would it be? Uh, I'd love to fly. <laughs> yeah, pretty good talent. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I had asked a guest if they could be anything human or unhuman. What would they like to be? They said frog. I say butterfly. And when I tell people that, they're like, they only live for fourteen days. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's such a beautiful life while you're there. So <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. So Carolyn, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, well, I am from Honolulu, Hawaii, so I was born and raised there and um, moved to California two days before my 23rd birthday because I just couldn't wait to get to the mainland. (laughs) 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 And um, I have done many different things throughout my life. I feel like I reinvent myself every few years, (laughs) Um, but I was, I had moved to California uh, because in uh, Hawaii, I was, I was acting and, you know, um, for me, you know, the next big step was to go to Los Angeles. So I did that. I lived there for about eight and a half years. And then um, I had started um, kind of accidentally uh, a a manufacturing company um, uh, because I created a dog step for my dog at the time to get up onto my bed. and this was years ago, so nobody was doing it. And uh, now I feel like everybody and their grandmother does it. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I had gotten a new bed that was higher than my old one, and my my little Lhasa Apso with his uh, cute short little legs couldn't <laughs> couldn't jump up anymore, and he used to sleep with me. And so um, I one time he tried, and then kind of like fell off, and I was like, oh gosh, no. So <laughs> um, I made something for him to get up, little dog step, doggy step is what I called it. And, um, people kind of found out and, um, I've always been entrepreneurial in some manner. So, um, I thought, well, why don't I start, you know, making these for people? And and then I quickly added t-shirts with slogans like bitches love me and security. I love it. I love <laughs> um, it. And that's sort of what we became known for. So I had the company for about 10 and a half years. Uh, and I sold it in, um, 2013. And then after that time period, I kind of just took a breath, you know, running your own business for, uh, 
for that long. Um, like that kind of a thing, like I had employees and it was internet, like it was just a lot. And yeah. It, was, it became very big. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah. And it, it was during, um, also 2008 it came, you know, and the, the recession and then you had all sorts of fun things like knockoffs and, you yeah. know, um, questionable partners and I, which I won't get into, but right. yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, was, uh, it st stopped being fun. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but anyway, so yeah, after I, um, I sold it, I actually started to, um, get quite involved with, um, volunteer work and, um, I joined the rotary here in Newport beach where I live and, um, just sort of align myself with there's a mobile medical clinic um that i did a lot of um uh, mexico every year we did a lot of clinics in california but i did a lot of their international trips um peru india um in india we were uh, the last group we were told to administer polio vaccinations via the droplet so it's just mm -hmm. you know it's like being involved and being a part of things that are bigger than myself. I kind of yeah. need my focus on something. Yeah. And so what happened, the reason I say this is um, I was sort of enlisted because I'm not a doctor or a dentist or whatever, you know, I helped in the ways that I could, but I documented. So I was like a photojournalist for them. And um, I photographed and I wrote and I would submit articles to the paper. So I kind of became like a, um, accidental uh <laughs> freelance journalist and oh my gosh I, yeah and, and i'd always loved to write always i always knew that and in the back of my my mind i you know when you just know you're going to do something you have no clue how it's going to happen or yeah. when or what but i knew i would write a book <laughs> i had no idea it was going to be about my mother mm -hmm. um but as you know, as you read it, you know, she, she was just too interesting a person <laughs> and too layered to not, you know. She really was. Right. Reading her life and then the life that she gave to you, I was like, wow, what, <laughs> what a great, great life she led. Yeah. Unapologetic was the best way to describe it. And yes. she wasn't perfect. But I mean, that, that was what's so cool that she didn't care, you know, she was just unapologetic. And that was such a um, beautiful, and she didn't even know that this is what she was teaching me or the people around her, um, but she was just authentic. Yeah. Um, and she and I, she just did what she wanted to do and <laughs> lived and had some really great experiences and met some yeah. really cool people. Yeah. A lot of people I think hold themselves back like, oh, I can't, and she just went for it. Yeah. 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 So that taught me a little bit of, uh, of, uh, you know, that, and it's not that, you know, she didn't, she wasn't fearful. It's not that I, you know, I, for sure, I can talk about myself. Like I, you know, of course I'm like any other person, super fearful about things, but I try and do it anyway, you know, yeah, it scares me. So that's trying, that's how I, and I think that's probably why I've tried different things, you know, I mean, going from an actress to, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, manufacturer to designer to writer. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's fun, you know, fun way to live, I guess, because I get bored with the same old. So Yeah. And to become accidentally successful. I mean, who can ask for anything more? <laughs> if you're following what you enjoy doing, you're a success no matter what the, you know, yeah. 
So, yeah. yeah. No matter what the mo- the monetary value of it is. True. Absolutely. True. I agree. Yeah. So what is your favorite memory growing up? Oh my goodness. Um, I am, I, you know, it was funny. I was just talking about this um, to, I had family visiting this past weekend and I was, I was talking about, you know, we were talking about our families and um, I remember always, um, you know, we always had our Sunday, um, Sunday morning breakfasts. We always had our dinners together. We always had game night. To me, that was normal. And, you know, I'm learning that it's not unfortunately yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. And so I'm just so grateful that I had that normalcy in my life that gave me, um, just a sense of like, just love and, you know, um, so favorite memories, which is sometimes just the simplest ones. You know, I remember um, me and my best friend um, (laughs) taking our tape recorder. So all you youngins out there, (laughs) I remember those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And we would press play. And so I thought it was the fun, my girlfriend and I, we thought it was the funniest thing just to record my, um, my family, you know, during these dinners or game nights and stuff, because even I think then as a child, I knew they were, they were different and unique and quirky. And, um, and so of course, you know, they pretended they didn't know we were doing this, but all our giggling, I'm sure, you know, gave it away, but these are the things that, you know, oh, you come across these things and and you're so grateful to have them. So I think I've always been, um, a, um, sentimental in a way I've, I've, I've been a recorder so I think that makes sense that I would write or I would photograph or I would document, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I am super sentimental and uh, I guess like to have things for longevity. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have those tapes? I have them somewhere in storage. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, I need to uh, un- uncrypt them for sure. Yeah. I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So how did your mother influence your career choices if, if she did? Um, I remember as a child, uh, going to, at the time there was a, um, a department store called Liberty house. And, uh, this was in Hawaii, only in Hawaii. And it was bought out eventually by Macy's, but, um, every week they would have these fashion shows and she would treat it like, you know, Oh, we're going to the movies, you know, or whatever. It was like, (laughs) you know, let's get dressed or whatever. And she would sit in the front row, of course. And, you know, we would, we didn't know we were kids. It was my brother. We're just like a few years old. And I remember growing up and watching this. So it had to have some kind of a, (laughs) a, um, uh, an effect on me. Uh, and she was all, she was a model when she was growing up. So you know, that's sort of how went my very first job. So it was sort of in that industry. So she had, she was influential in that way. Um, she was a professional dancer. So she was a performer in her own right. And so, you know, I, that's probably why I then went into acting and you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> influential. Prior to writing this, you only wrote articles. So you've never written before. This was your first, first book, right? I, I had never written a, a, a uh, yeah, memoir, a book before, but I had um, written a lot of essays and articles, yeah, for the paper and journaled my brains out my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your writing journey like? Uh, well, for this book? Yeah. Um, so the whole reason I even started to write 
was because it was a way for me to uh, work through my grief, quite honestly. Um, I, I think that's why I love to journal too. I mean, it's just, it was um, the therapeutic way for me to just get out my feelings and, um, and uh, I started to write it. I remember around, or I started to write just her stories the year she passed, uh, at the end of the year, she passed in um, January of 2019 and um, come that November, November, December is when I started to write. And um, I'm always, I love learning. And so I don't know, I just thought I'd take a class, a writing class. Um, and uh, I did. And that sort of ignited things and getting feedback. And again, the reason I mentioned is that is when the class was over, uh, there was a few of us that wanted to continue um, and uh, they, you know, one of the girls asked if I was interested in joining, a, uh, creating a writer's group with her. And I said, absolutely. You know, I looked up these, I felt like I was in a class of so many talented writers that I looked up to and I felt like a total newbie, you know, I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> I was the only one from, um, you know, Orange County driving up to Los Angeles, but I was happy to do it. Um, and it was really beneficial to get feedback and just kind of being surrounded by people that I admired their work cut to, you know, pandemic, you yeah. know, lockdown COVID COVID's here. And that was only a few months later. And I, um, uh, we continued our, our writers group via zoom and we wound up meeting every Saturday morning. Um, and, uh, I really credit it to keeping me kind of held, being held accountable in a way for my own. I mean, I did it to myself. Nobody was like, you have to, you know, you didn't but have I a deadline. Submitted sometimes not. Yeah. But I really did do that. And, um, it, and it was really helpful just to know that, okay, quote unquote, someone's waiting for me, you know, to submit something. So it kept me writing mm. also, um, I tend to like get distracted by, you know, squirrels and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, it I think our generation is the undiagnosed ADD generation. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just, and I was really social. And so when we had no, you know, we had to just kind of, you know, stay home and all that. I really just, it, it was the timing. It was just a perfect storm really. Um, and so I treated, this, this book has like my, my full-time job. And again, I didn't know I was just writing for me. And then right. the more I wrote, the more I realized I kind of had something. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was about a year later. It took about a year the, from the start to the finish, a little over a year, uh, with edits, which is another story. My goodness. I've learned, <laughs> so, I know what to do, what not to do now. Um, but I did everything myself. Like I taught myself, <laughs> like I, I did a lot of Googling, a lot of research. Uh, um, I, for, uh, formatting was, was, uh, formatting not, is a nightmare. Yes. I no, trust me. <laughs> Holy moly. Now I hear, oh, there's, there's, uh, programs out there where all you have to do is push a button and then it put, I was just, oh, I wish I knew that. Yeah. Three months of doing, I guess now, you you know, I, I know the nuts and the bolts. <laughs> yeah. And that's good because you, will you write another book? You think? I do want to, um, I'm actually, uh, currently in another writers writing group. It's actually a, a pitch class. Mm. Um, I had a couple of friends who are writers that, that 
kept telling me about this class and, and, you know, one of the girls has taken it three or four times. So I thought, okay, that's a good sign, you know, and we meet editors. Uh, and, and anyway, so I, my goal now, I like to set new goals for myself. So my goal is to, um, you know, just kind of write, write essays to, um, put out there, whether it's, I don't know, the Huffington Post or the New York Times or whatever, where mm -hmm. I will bring, you know, kind of more eyeballs to my, to my, uh, to the book. Um, but it also kind of keeps that, um, that, uh, muscle working for me. Yeah. Because once you stop, you know, you have to, you have to continue in some aspect. And, um, I like that. So, yeah, so, uh, that's my current goal. Um, I am just finishing up the audio version of the book, which was a fun journey. Uh, once again, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought, let me see if I could do it myself. So I took our uh, downstairs closet. Oh, we have this walk-in closet. And I just, I mean, this is after multiple attempts at different rooms. Um, but I, I discovered that that had the best acoustics for recording. Yeah. <laughs> so I have this neighbor who, um, who loaned me his soundboards. Um, I still have them because I'm still doing edits. I've had them for a while, but yeah, between the soundboards and the, the coats hanging in my closet, um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good acoustics. So, um, anyway, it's all completed in terms of recording. I'm just working on edits now and I'd like my goal is to add music if I can. And so that's been, uh, keeping me busy. Um, I also have a friend who, um, she's uh interested she has expressed interest in me turning this into a film mm. so yeah so i i wrote the first eight pages but again i'm like i, I want to finish a project then start the next yeah yeah i am writing and i'm busy but yeah in terms of another book i do have ideas but i have not started it yet so you have to close this chapter before i do, I do and it doesn't feel it, it feels like there's more that needs to be done yeah 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 i'm excited close yet for me yeah i'm excited i can't wait to see the movie when it comes out or the oh, thanks. Me yeah too. yeah um so when you were writing it and you did this for your therapy how did you get through it when it started dredging up those emotions because i know for me when i started writing sometimes mm -hmm. i would write about something and it would bring forth mm -hmm. this emotion and i would have to deal with that before setting oh. back down so how was that for you um it was, it was hard, but also that is why it was so therapeutic because I allowed myself to sit in those emotions and sit in those questions. And I mean, you know, I, I'm just, I'm grateful every day that I had the luxury to even be able to do that, to be quite honest, because I know not everyone has the luxury to be able to, to do that after a loved one passes. But, um, you know, that was my journey in grieving her. And, you know, I'm still talking about her. So, yeah. um, you know, but it, it's, it's, um, it's different now. I mean, I, I, to answer your question, I mean, I, of course, I would be very emotional. I would cry through writing. Um, but, uh, I think it was helpful, honestly. Yeah. So. You do feel like after you feel like this weight and like that there's a piece that you can take away from your brain because when you sit and harbor it, it just stays mm -hmm. back there. Yeah. 
you know? That's right for me. Writing is a way to let, just like get rid of, let things out. I mean, I, even to the point where sometimes if I have a lot of things in my mind, I will just write it down in a list. I'll write it down. And something about the act of writing it down for me transfers it from my, you know, the loop in my brain, just something about that. It, it's like, okay, it's there. So I know yep. it's going to be there. So I don't have to keep think, thinking about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, tell us how your mother influenced you to take chances in your career path rather than letting fear hold you back. Well, I feel like the biggest thing that she gave me was, um, and I know this sounds cheesy, but it's the truth. It's like, I felt loved no matter what. So it was the act of like, like I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to try something because I know if I failed, I'd still, you know, I had her support and, and, um, you know, it's funny because you asked me that, but she would look, she would actually look at me and go, wow, you can do any, like girls can do anything nowadays, you know, like, so I actually tried things that she didn't feel like she could do. Um, Yeah. I mean, she, she, you know, she's like, you know, because you know, you grow you grow up in a different era. Yeah. And, yeah. And so it's interesting. It's like, she taught me in her own way. And then I wound up kind of teaching me in my own way. We taught each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know what, for a woman of her era, she kind of just did, you know what I mean? Whereas some women may, there's no. that puppy. <laughs> But some women may have let society and those rules hold them back. And I feel like reading your mom's story, she kind of was what I aspired to be in my life. Like, wow, she just went for it. Yeah, Yeah. she really did. Um, In in her own, you know, whether it's something like what was important to her, you know, was experience. So that was something that she um, instilled in me, like, unknowingly, you know, just, it, just try and experience the journey is in the experience, you know, or the, yeah. the lessons are in the journey rather. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So she, 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 yeah, that's what she taught me. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Share with us what you hope people will take away from this story. Uh, well, I have been told that, um, it's helped a lot of people in terms of healing. And it, you know, it's funny cause that wasn't my, my, I mean, it, it's interesting cause it's definitely was a healing experience for me, but I didn't know how it was going to affect others. And so, um, people have told me that it's, it was, um, a healing experience for them to get back to say, um, you know, having a relationship with family members that were once estranged Mm -hmm. or appreciating difficult family members, or, you know, we all have them and, um, or, um, inspiring. I I have had some people say that they've been inspired to write about, um, you know, tough times that they're going through. I have a friend who, whose mother is, experiencing dementia right now. And he said, Hey, I haven't told that many, I haven't told many people, but I want you to know that your book inspired me to, you know, do that. And then also he, he was like, I, I really appreciated the fact that you were celebrating her even in her demise. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I didn't realize I was doing that, 
but um uh and then i had another friend say that it 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 um or not you know some people i but i i call them friends now because like i i yeah you know, it's, i i feel like i don't know um you get I, a different community like with you i didn't know you know now i feel like you're a bit of a friend yeah um, community so um it, for me it um helped me to reconnect with um family members that i you know kind of had lost touch with or didn't really know very well because growing up in hawaii and everybody else was on the mainland you know um i didn't really know them as a child growing up like extended you know even like siblings from my my father's first marriage you know so i guess got to know people a bit more just by at interviewing them for the book asking questions getting to know my mother's best friend marilyn more i mean she was a plethora of information about their time in the catskills it was yeah chapter to write but um <laughs> so i think you know i've been told that it, it kind of inspired them to just you know reconnect with with people in their life yeah it definitely did that for me i don't have a close relationship with my mother so yeah. to read your relationship and how real and raw that it was it wasn't perfect but it was still a lot better than what i had it helped me to say you know what this is what i'm gonna do for my kids i want to be that mom for my kids and oh, so yeah. it was great i loved it you're gonna make me cry <laughs> <laughs> that's Aww. okay we can cry <laughs> um what advice can you share with anyone listening in terms of the loss of a loved one and how to deal with that uh well um you know like i said for me i was able to fully sit in the grief and and grieve and unfortunately you know i feel like in this country too it's like you don't you're not even given bereavement you know how yeah. much time, my husband was like yeah when my father died I had to go back to the office in two days or a day yeah. I don't know and he's like you can't you, it's you you have to compartmentalize everything um so I would just say as best you can um you know just fully grieve and talk to people for me that helped me um which was difficult during you know the pandemic you know but you know you talk on the phone or you zoom or whatever um talk it out for me i'm very much that um for me it was writing so whatever basically whatever form helps you um don't cover it with the rug i guess don't cover your yeah. rug. just feel them express them and then for me also what helped was uh i guess in some crazy way like this thing of kind of honoring her you know, um, and it almost kind of feels like she's still here in some way. Yeah. I yeah. think, you know, I think that, I think that they are still here, even though they're not with us. Yeah. So I, and I think that honoring her this way and keeping the conversation going keeps her memory alive. And I think mm -hmm. that that is so important. I feel like if I was to leave this earth, if someone did that for me, that would make me feel like, okay, I was somebody, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, then it, then it starts to let you go. Okay. Well, let me think about my legacy. and like, well, how am I going to leave? How, what am I going to leave this world? Um, the people behind me, like, what are they going to think? So 
there, it, it kind of opens up a lot of things. It makes you think about legacy. It makes you think yeah. about family in a different way. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. And legacy isn't necessarily monetarily monetary value because a lot of people, a lot of people think, oh, leaving a legacy means I have to leave them a bank account. No, I. It's not that at all. Oh, legacy and what you've taught people or how they've made. You know, it's really. It's like I just want to feel like I've made people. Feel feel good. And, or, you know, maybe if, if you've learned something from someone or if every time they were with you, they smiled or, you know, that's mm -hmm. like, amen. I amen. agree. <laughs> what uh, were your, what were some of your favorite things about writing your mother's story? Um, well, again, it was, um, you know, actually I will say this. I actually, thought I knew her and I did know her very well, but I got to know her more by sitting in the, what would, you know, what would she do if she could, if she, I would create these scenes as you know, right. And I wasn't there. I don't know if someone was named Chloe or they had red <laughs> hair, or, you know what I mean? And they said, hello. And they said, hello. So it was almost like I kind of wrote as if you know, I was there, um, certain scenes, but ask me your question again, because I got completely distracted by my dog. <laughs> what were some of your favorite things about writing your mother's story? Ah, right. Yeah. Um, it was, it was getting to know her more after she died. Yeah. <laughs> and that was by my asking questions to people I would normally not have spoken to, getting to know more. I mean, I had no idea. I knew a little bit about the Catskill era, for example, but not to that extent. And, um, but, but uh, yeah, so it was getting to know her more. I, it was, was pretty cool. And then um, kind of keeping her alive too, you know, mm -hmm. in, in a way, in that, in that way, she was always in my mind. And then now she's She's on paper. <laughs> yeah. Did you, during that time, did you do any retracing of her steps during the writing process? Um, well, that's what I did before I started writing. Yeah. Uh, in my honoring her, if you remember, I went back to New York. Yeah. <laughs> her ashes. Uh, and just to give you an idea of what kind of character she was, uh, you know, she had said, when I die, when my ashes spread across Bergdorf Goodman, which is <laughs> a yep. high end store in New York City. So that's there is a documentary called I Want My is. Ashes. Yes, Spread My Ashes in Bergdorf's. Yep. I just watched it the other day and yep. I actually ran and got your book and was uh -huh. like, wait a minute. Oh and then God. I watched it and I was like, nope, they're not talking about her, but she oh, said no. that too. Yeah, so there is a documentary, which I saw too. And then there's a book as well. And it's funny because, so her comment inspired me to, to take her back to all of her favorite places. And that was therapeutic because I, I saw, I saw these places that she'd always talked to kind of like through a different lens. Um, and you know, it, it was, uh, it was cool. It's like, you know, you think about your parents as they're, they're your, they're just your mom or your dad, whatever, but they're fully fledged, you know, <laughs> right? Like they were cool at one time. <laughs> layered people yeah kids at one time young adults at one time making mistakes 
you know, getting into trouble, all this stuff. And so I kind of like just revisited these places. Yeah. So that was cool and therapeutic for me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when you can go stand in a place where your loved one was in their life, that can, that kind of helps bring things to you. Yeah. Can you share with us a moment when after your mother's passing, you felt her presence during writing your book? My pick one. <laughs> yeah. And um, I know that you feature yeah. you feature some in your book, but maybe while you were writing, did you just have this soft, yeah. strong well, presence? I, you know, it, I, I did. Um, and it's funny. Well, I'll tell you some, some things that had happened that made me go, this is, way too much to be a coincidence. Um, I remember sitting in this room and um, really missing my mom and in my head just thinking, I want to sign, you know, like, are you okay? Just, or actually I didn't even say I want to sign. I didn't even know I was going to get one. I just, in my head, I'm like, are you okay? Just, are you okay? And at that moment, um, my iTunes on my desktop came on. I never listened to music from my, my iTunes ever. Um, and the song that came on was that Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers song, the cheek to cheek, the, the one that goes, you know, I'm in heaven, I'm in heaven. And, um, you know, my heart, and it just, and, and, and then it just stopped. And so the, was- a, the fact this from the lyrics and then the fact it was that song because that was so her if you remember you know she was yeah like old hollywood glam i mean she lived in that world in her film fantasy world always <laughs> but um so i felt her then i felt her um when i the the a couple months later when it was her birthday was March 1st and um I wanted to continue to celebrate her and because I would always go out to where she lived in Palm Springs to celebrate her and now I couldn't do that anymore so um I had a a few close friends that um uh joined me and we um we went to this place that I knew she loved she loved this you know jazz bar and in um in Los Angeles called Vibrato and, um, and, and you know how you create these group texts where you say, you know, okay, this is where we're meeting, whatever. And then you like, you'll say, Oh, can't wait to see you guys. You know, that those kind of texts. So at the end of the night, after our, our evening, we laughed and cried and talked about her and just, just kind of celebrated her. And, I went back into the car, my car, and I looked down at my phone and that text string was up and the last text said, LOL, mom. Wow. I just got chills. I know me too. And, um, you know, I, my phone was in my possession the whole night. Yeah. So I, I took it like she was there with us laughing and enjoying the night and just wanting to let me know she was there. Um, yeah. I can I keep that. going. But was- yeah, no, I love that. I got tears. I have tears. <laughs> that, that's so powerful, but that's exactly what we need sometimes to help get that closure. It's hard. I have a hard time when I lose someone understanding and wrapping my mind around how they're not 
on this earth anymore. And yeah. so to have those signs, it makes you feel like they're okay. Yeah. yeah. And that you'll pretty. see them again. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about finding your bliss. Finding my bliss. Uh, I find my bliss when I um, just, and it changes, you know, right now my bliss is writing, uh, but just following it, you know, following my bliss. Um, and um, it was uh, always something that she did. And I observed that. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've always kind of tried to make that a thing. I mean, you know, sometimes you're at a place in your life and you're like, well, what is my bliss or what, you know, what, what, what is my path? What, what will make me happy? Mm -hmm. um, and I would say just be open, you know, cause I've gotten, I've gone, got there. I mean, I, I, you know, when you're like, okay, well, what's next? Um, or, or what, what's my purpose? Yeah. You know? And, um, when I get to those moments, I just go, you know, I'm going to trust that it's going to come and it's going to be unknowing. And if I just allow myself to be open to, you know, whatever you want, the universe, whatever God, you know, the, the, the experiences, people, something like a coincidence, something you're going to know there's going to be that like, um, inner knowing. Yeah. Um, like an inner, know. inner peace almost. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so when I, when I try to be aware and open to those feelings and those, um, yeah, that inner knowing then, um, and I try and follow it, then that's, yeah, then I know I'm on the right track. So Nice. <laughs> Do you have any advice for anyone struggling in their grief after losing a loved one? Uh, if someone just can't seem to get. Yeah. Uh, for me, it, it was talking and not you know, not just holding up because that's so easy to do. Um, I mean, everyone's different, but I, I, I like to lean on my friends and I like, you know, and, and then when, if you don't have that, or even maybe, maybe that's not your thing again, like journaling just, but I, I, I have to keep saying not like, not covering it with a rug or a blanket, you know, not, not, not experiencing it. Right. So whether it's you talking it out, whether it's a therapist, a friend, your empty journal and a new pen, you know, whatever it is, just like, I feel like that's just so helpful. Um, but there are resources out there. So um, I'd say just being open to 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 that, whatever form it is, um, you're not alone. There are so many um podcasts now and, yeah. and wars being one, you know, where you're listening, you know, your people can listen to other people's stories and feel like they're not alone. That's the, that's the biggest thing is just feeling like you're alone and you're not, you're yeah. not, you're never alone. You know, the, the, the beautiful thing about life is that it is fragile and cause it makes you appreciate things. You know, we're not going to be around forever. So you know that those, you know, those moments that you have with the person or, or, or experience, you know, is it, it, it's so much sweeter because, you, you know, it's, I mean, if 
we lived forever. I mean, not, you know, maybe you wouldn't appreciate things, but yeah. like, it's just, it's, it's, it is fragile. And so to appreciate them when you have them is, is, uh, and to recognize when they're in front of you is uh, a gift. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. Tell us about what the future holds for you. My near future, I hope, will uh, consist of me finishing this audiobook, <laughs> <laughs> getting to write this movie and having this out. Uh, yeah, I mean, more writing, more um, just being open to the next thing. Um, I kind of like the unknown. Yeah. I, I sort of like, you know, not knowing what's ahead of me sometimes. So I'm, I'm yeah, it keeps it exciting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but immediately would be uh, finishing those two projects. So <laughs> nice. So tell us about how you're directly involved in the screenplay for the book. Are you writing the script? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm hoping that so I, I foresee me writing and then um, I am perfectly fine with also working with like a co-writer because I've never done this. So I, you know, I, I'm not going to say I know every, I don't, I'm the first person to be like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it's not going to stop me from trying. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't really know how it's going to happen, but a girlfriend of mine, she, so she's a, a well-known actress and she, um, you know, had experienced expressed uh, interest in um, directing for a particular um, network and and they are kind of waiting for her to deliver them a, a, a project basically. And so that's kind of how it started. And whether it's, you know, for, for that network or for some other, you know, thing. Yeah. Or yeah, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> that's awesome. So how different is it writing a screenplay as compared to writing a book? It's so different. It's so different. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's all about dial. Um, I highly recommend anyone who wants to do it to get final draft. <laughs> it's helpful. So it's a program, uh, final draft is a program that, um, it's really cool because you can, uh, it puts it into the correct format if you want to write it for television or if you want to write something for, um, you know, motion picture or, whatever. I, I, I just found out if you want to write another book, I'm like, wow, I can write oh, that's, that's <laughs> for future formatting. So, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's helpful. So tell everybody where they can find your book. Oh, they'll, they, um, they can find it on Amazon. Uh, it's available in a uh, Kindle and paperback, uh, paperback. Uh, it's also available in large print. Um, for, for people who may need some help. <laughs> I'm headed um, that way. <laughs> so, um, and then I just got it into um, Barnes and Noble. So barnesandnoble.com and uh, yeah, there for now. Yeah. Those two awesome. Oh. Or I might, you know, you can visit the website, carolinenadinehelsing.com. So. <laughs> nice. So for people out there who may be too afraid to put themselves out there, what advice do you have for them? Um, even if you feel the fear, do it anyway. Do it in, do it and do it afraid. There you go. Just yeah. do it afraid. Do it. Because for me, like the biggest, my biggest regret would be 
um, like being on my deathbed and there being something that I had always wanted to do and not doing it, you know, like there, it would be the, a bigger regret to not do something than have a regret that I did something and it didn't work out or I learned from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great piece of advice. <laughs> that's my <biggest> fear. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. Cause I think we spend a lot of time, um, analyzing things so deeply that we hold ourselves back. Yeah. So oh, you... I call it analysis paralysis. And I, <laughs> I like that there too. So that's the thing. It's like, you know, trust me, I had multiple moments and still do, but I know what it's like to feel that fear and yet push yourself anyway, push myself anyway. And it's so much sweeter on, on the other side to do something that was so difficult to do something that you'd never thought you would have could ever have done and, and go, Oh my God, I, did I just do that? I just did that. You yeah. know? Um, so I say, do the things that you are fearful of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go jump out of a plane. <laughs> Yeah, that, I did actually made the well. I say I did actually did that. I was years ago. I must have had a glass or two of wine too many, and I was like, I, I was watching The Bachelor, and I'm like, you know, you see them jumping out of. I'm like, I could, I would do that, and I totally forgot. And then my boyfriend at the time was like, Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Surprisingly, for my uh, for my um, for my birthday, my birthday month. Yeah. I, and it's another story. So yeah, I, I get there and I'm like looking at the sky. <laughs> like, wait, what? But uh, so talk about being fearful. I was so scared, but I thought, you know what? I'm here. <laughs> if I die, you're going to be really sad. <laughs> but, you know, then I did it and I'm like, oh my God, I want to do it again and again and again. So it's something about like attacking your fears is, is powerful. Yeah, I hear that a lot. I'm terribly afraid of, of heights, terribly. So when when we were driving over the Smoky Mountains, I literally was dying of a panic attack and crying because I could feel the height. And you can hear your radio station start scrambling and all you hear is Dolly Parton singing gospel hymns. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> yep. But then, so I, I can't imagine a plane. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was pretty scary. What helped was, was just having other people around me too. And I don't know. I mean, I, I did a tandem jump. So that, that was yeah. a little helpful, but still, I mean, like he was yeah. in control of pulling the thing. I mean, I as you put all your trust and in, into somebody that you don't even it. know, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that was part, you know, it's, I guess I've done things like that to little extents, just jumping into things with two feet, you know, this, you know, with, with no parachute, this time I had a parachute. I, <laughs> like right yeah. in the book, you know, I didn't, you know, I've never done it before, but look what happened. So. Yeah. When you sorry. released the book at, mm -hmm. at first, did you go through those moments of what if everybody hates it? What if everybody oh hates my God, it? Yeah. In fact, I wrote in the very beginning of the book, my biggest fear was actually what my dad was going to think. Um, because he's super private. And, um, you know, I actually wrote a little scene about like, I, 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 I had finished the book and then I remember calling my dad to let him know. And he's, you know, of course he's being, you know, he's like, well, that's wonderful, sweetheart. And, and I, he could just tell that there was something on my 
you know, just shoulders that I, I, I basically, he's like, well, you know, what's, what's wrong? And I just basically said, you know, I'm, I'm scared. And he said, what are you scared? And I said, well, what you will think. And we kind of had it out, out uh, you know, conversation. He's like, oh, honey, yes, I'm private. But, you know, he basically kind of gave me the permission, not that it was really permission, but, in, you know, in a yeah. way, permission to, to write it, to release it. And he said, these are your memories of her. And I'll just take that into consideration. You know, and I didn't write, it wasn't about him, but I had to put a little something, yeah. up, you know, to, to give everything context. But my goal was to be as authentic as I could, but, you know, tell things with love. And um, when I, when he did read it, he read it in like, I don't know, a couple nights, like really fast. And, um, and he, and the big, the best thing he could have told me was that I, I, you know, I, it, that I told it well, and, you know, I, I, that I handled it, you know, I, I, the, the, the light that I told everything, even with my brother who had, you know, um, his struggles. Um, so it just, it, it was, uh, it was, uh, what I needed to hear. So, yeah. So yes, I was scared that, you know, no one would read it. I was scared that everyone would read it, you know? Yes. <laughs> I, I can feel I, you that. You know, but, um, you know, I did this for, it was, it was more than just me at this point, this was about her and I, I, I wanted to do this to honor her and you did and as I it. It's like it enabled me to kind of unbeknownst to me, help others and meet people like you, you know, meet yeah. other people. And it's crazy. Like what this idea, this like acorn of an idea that I was like, well, I just need to write. I just, you know, and like where it's leading me. Can this be a movie? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know? So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do you have anything else you'd like to tell everyone? Oh, um, just, just love all those around you really. And, and, and if, if there are people that are in your life that, um, are difficult or, you know, are getting up there or whatever, just like have that, just try to have like, don't, don't leave things unsaid. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a scene in the book where I had that with my mother and I, I, it was the best gift that I could have had because I look back and I know that, you know, everything that needed to be said was said. So I would say that, so there's no regrets, just say everything you need to say. Um, and, uh, yeah, other than that, you know, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to meet everyone. And I'm, I tried to be, um, pretty active when I can. I don't know. I'm, I, I used to post every day, but I have a Instagram, um, where I would put, um, photos of, of her up and videos. And I, you know, I mean, I, there's, it's kind of all over now, all over the map right now, but <laughs> yeah, just follow me. Um, and I want to meet you. And, um, if there's anything in, you know, your life that you're wanting to do, um, and you're scared, just do it scared anyway, just do yeah. it. Just try. That's just jump do. out of the plane. <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> with a parachute. <laughs> Carolyn, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for telling us your story. And um, thank you for writing the book. Quite honestly, it's been a pleasure to meet you finally. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and just tell everybody if they want to look for you, where can they find you? I make it easy. Uh, it's, it's, it's my whole name, Caroline Nadine Helsing, author. 
um, which is my handle on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, I'm so bad though. Okay, Twitter or something. I don't know. You just just look for Caroline Needy Helsing, and then you'll you'll you'll. Yep. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stuff. put it all in the show notes too. Okay, I do have yeah. that. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you. If you like this and other episodes, please click subscribe, like, and share so others can enjoy them too. Thank you so much for listening.